Hey there, this is John, and I want to take a quick minute to let you guys know about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You don't even have to do anything. Your podcast will be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more listening platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the show. You are now entering Armbar Audio. What's up? Welcome to another episode of Armbar Audio. I'm your host, John Kearns. Next to me is two small people. Number one, my trusted companion. Tim Farley, what's up, everybody? Whatever John does. Huh? Yeah. I was like, whatever John does. Usually finger guns. Um, and our and our good friend, the voluptuous Sid, the nerdy Mark Saram. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Sid here. Happy to be here. I think it's been a while since I've been on this channel. It just feels like forever. It's been since the last list video. Yeah. I, I, should, I, should I uh, haven't missed you. No. <laughs> no, no, no it's like okay. I was, to, I was only talking to John, so it, it's no big deal. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, John is the host of the show, so. Yeah, I'm the host of the show this time because my video is the biggest. Tim's been demoted, man. Holy shit. Yeah. It has been a while. Me and and John did a vote, and we both voted for me to be demoted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So what are we here for, boys? I'm having a couple of problems with you, and I was like, you know what, John, I agree. I have the same (laughs) problem. Uh, Whatever you want to do. I'm okay with. <clears throat> I'm going right. to say right off the bat, you probably noticed something a little bit different. This video is not titled Top 10 Matches of April 2021. No, no, no. This mat. This video is titled Favorite Matches of April 2021 because we had a discussion earlier today and we. Decided as a group, unanimously, as friends, that something has happened in the world of pro wrestling, which has caused the quality of wrestling matches to skyrocket over the past few months. And the the list of matches we have to show you today, um, we could not in good faith rank them in a top 10 styled list. Isn't that right? Yeah, no. Also, there's, there's many. Uh, there's a stardom match on here that I picked, but on the same show, a lot of people have talked about other matches more so or rated them higher. Um, there's uh, before when we were doing this list, I, I would do, do a lot of, and watch a lot of matches myself, and then give them to the others to watch to try and form 
what is the best top 10 matches of that month. That is way too much work for me and them. And I said, from now on, you guys watch whatever you want in the month. You pick three matches that are your favorites and bring them to the table. I'll do the same thing. No one's leading anywhere, anyone to anything. If you have a good match, you can say it. If not, whatever. doesn't matter. And then for and the 10th. is a unanimous uh, yeah. decision on a match. Um, not the spot, but because these aren't really rankings anymore. Right. These are just our favorite these matches really, that yeah. we are playing in a 10 yep. list format. So yeah, take that. At the end of the day. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. And um, we want to hear from you guys, too. We want you to drop down in those comments and tell us what your favorite matches were. Th this is not a ranking anymore. This isn't us telling you these were the best things that happened this month. This th we're, we're changing this into something that's just these are matches that you should go out of your way to check out. Because I liked it. Or because he liked, liked it. it. <laughs> or because he liked it. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, you know, wrestling is subjective, as is any art. Yeah, everything's subjective. So it's just more of an expression as to what we like as fans of this sport slash art known as professional wrestling. It's yeah, still it's, debatable whether it's, it's sport like... or not. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. <laughs> it's less us telling you what the best matches of the month are and more... Just now, it's going to be a monthly uh, party of us gushing about how fucking awesome wrestling is. Now, drink to that. <laughs> so, we're going to move on to the first match we're going to talk about tonight. That's going to be for the NXT Women's Championship from NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1. It was Io Shirai defending against Raquel Gonzalez. And this was picked none other than by our esteemed NXT colleague, Sid. Esteemed panel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just got a new job as an NXT, as an NXT uh, panelist. Uh, I've been referring to you that like that on this yeah. show for a long time. Okay. You, no, it's He's changed. NXT you said <laughs> Yeah. yeah I was the NXT no, it's changed. First, I was, you're the NXT guy. Oh, you're the resident NXT fan, and now I'm the NXT freaking agent or some bullshit. Now I'm the NXT correspondent. Whatever. I like NXT. That's that's the He's bottom a man line. in the field. Because Stone Cold said so. Anyway, um, that made no sense. What? But <laughs> what? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Stone Cold was not in this match, but no. two terrific athletes were. I notice I said two terrific athletes, not two female athletes. These two, in my opinion, are two of my favorite wrestlers. Raquel Gonzalez has, ever since she returned and you know aligned herself with uh, Dakota Kai, she has been absolutely dominant. She's pretty much, you know, slowly breaking out of Dakota Kai's shell, and I could kind of see, like, you know, now with everything that happened, and I'll talk about the result in a sec, but with, with everything that went after this match. You can kind of, I can see that they're very subtly teasing a breakup between these two women. You know, I can, I can just, you can feel it. It's just, it's something see, about it there. It you know, feels like, 
and I don't know if you watched back then, when Shawn Michaels brought in Diesel. Shawn Michaels Pretty much, yeah. had Diesel as a, a bodyguard, and they he either won the title or didn't get the title, and then Diesel did, and then they had a feud. It kind of feels similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Raquel Gonzalez, uh, leading up to this match, man, Io Shirai yeah, called oh her out because Io Shirai wanted to test her medal against the best, and she felt that Raquel was going to give her the most uh, worthy challenge. And, and she did. And at one point, building up to this match, I believe it was the go-home show, for Raquel put her through a fucking wall. Yep. Yeah. That was that was awesome. That was awesome. Like, I'll just say this. Like, I know uh, when I mentioned that I wanted this match, I know Tim, you were a little bit disappointed that I didn't have Pete Dunn and Kushida on here. Which that match was great. I'll I'll, I'll say What's that. that but, match? Yeah, it was great. Uh, but I think this one just like the stakes just felt higher and the build was just so much more uh well i also i also felt that way because i was in the old mode of thinking that we addressed at the beginning of the show yeah and now whatever you you could like hornswoggle versus el torito i don't i don't give a shit you know that's so funny Uh, you mentioned that because i was just in a conversation about that match on twitter earlier today the wlc match yeah. Like, looking back on it, that match fucking ruled. <laughs> With all the spots from the outside people and everything. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah but anyway, but, go ahead. Sorry. No, all I want to say is, like, yeah, this match, like, and I know I've spoken about it many times on my channel, and I've told you guys about this too, but I have talked about how I wanted Io Shirai to have, like, an Asuka-like run where... She holds the title until she gets called up to Raw or SmackDown, which, uh, praying to all the wrestling gods that she never does because we all know what's going to happen to her. Um, Charlotte, for example. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, but I'm just like, I'm very happy for Raquel because, you know, she definitely, you know, even though she's a heel, she definitely has the, those, those tendencies where it's like, you know, I actually busted my ass here and I fucking deserve this belt so and she absolutely brought it to EO and of course one of the best probably well John I mean I guess you're the spot guy so I'll let you do that but I just think just great tidings for um, for Raquel looking forward to her match against Mercedes Martinez that's gonna be really good. Oh, yeah. I am very very excited for that but John what was your favorite spot in this match favorite spot in this match I mean Talking about pretty much any uh, Io Shirai match, you'd be re- you'd be remiss to not mention an Asai moonsault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, right. gotta go with that, you know. Yeah, she's the best, you know. And she likes cats, by the way, as she said Man. to Frankie Monet, former known as Ty Valkyrie. Frankie but... Monet. Uh, I want to go off what you said there, Sid, about Raquel being a heel, but has has this other thing like when she won the title it, it felt like a heartwarming moment yeah. oh yeah where it if she 
if they were going heel with her, it shouldn't have. And then after WrestleMania happened, we had the moment with Bianca, Rhea, and Raquel. That was amazing. If she was true heel, she wouldn't have been involved in that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't feel like they may be turning her slowly. I mean, at this point, I would say she's more of a tweener. Um, I personally wouldn't mind her staying that way because I like characters that are morally ambiguous in wrestling. So that would be cool. If she's yeah. going to go full face, I, I wouldn't feel bad either, I think. I mean, we don't have to tell you what happened in the match because Raquel Gonzalez, you know what she does. Io Shirai, you know what she does. It was speed and smarts against pure power. And pure power won. Yep. That is true. Let's move right along. <laughs> oh, we're getting we're getting into my first match that I picked this month. We're talking about no, Tim, no, <laughs> no, don't ruin my groove. We're talking about GCW's The Collective. We're talking about RS Spring Break. We're talking about the GCW World Title. We're talking about Ricky Shane Page. Versus the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gage. MDK all fucking day. All fucking day, Tim Farley. This, if you are a deathmatch fan like I am, you need to watch this match because there were light tubes. There were panes of glass, there were doors, there were chairs, there was a literal scaffold built outside of the ring that Ricky Shane Page was thrown off of through uh, through glass tables. It, it was, ask a question. Oh, ask a question. Uh, Nick Gage didn't lose the title, correct? Like, he never lost it. In no, a match. No, he never lost the title. Right. And Ricky Shane Page uh, was like the ulti- is, is the ultimate heel in GCW, or what, if you've watched GCW Ashes to Ashes. Um, he, he, had, he had taken over. He, would, he, was, uh, he was a bastard heel. And he, Nick Gage came back and called him RS Pussy. And GCW fans had been waiting for this match. So much so that Spring Break was called RH Spring Break because he beat Joey Janela. Ricky Shane Page beat Joey Janela yeah. for Spring Break's rights. So this was a this was a going into this match, it was a big fucking deal. And this match, it, it was like it. It was like you see in movies where the villain is just like just like relentless and just an absolute bastard and the hero that's been gone for a while finally comes back 
and vanquishes the villain. That's what happened in this match. That's what this match was. And that's one of, and that's one of the things I just want to say in general that I really like about pro wrestling when yeah. they actually make it like an action movie and they freaking acknowledge that you know, hey, look, we're basically this is our version of an action movie, and they just kind of go with it. And that's one of the reasons why I've been in love with like something like cinematic matches and stuff. Oh yeah, but that's and, and, anyway. And, that's another whole other tangent. Uh, but you know, I mean, guys, go ahead. Um, the blood loss in this match. The the sheer yeah. hardcore fuckery that this match was. I mean, I wonder who donated blood for those two to keep themselves alive now. Exactly. Like, I, but at the end of the day, Nick Gage is your new GCW World Champion. And what happens after the match? None other than fucking John Moxley walks out, gets in the ring, gets in Nick Gage's face, drops him with a paradigm shift. So sometime down the road, we are getting John Moxley versus Nick Gage for the GCW title, I'm assuming. And that's going to be fucking nuts. Um, which is yes. which is fantastic because, yeah. Yeah, you know, every era, there seems to be a passing of the torch all the time. Not just from, like... WWE's main guy or whatever, even in like the technical wrestling aspect, you know, Daniel yeah. Bryan gave the torch to Zack Sabre Jr., blah, 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 you know what I mean? Um, Nick Gage has been carrying the torch of hardcore deathmatch wrestling, and John Moxley, uh, when he was originally John Moxley, he did a lot of that shit in CZW and uh, in Europe and Japan. And, um, yeah, I mean, CZW, he, he, he had inserted himself into GCW's Josh Barnett's Bloodsport and showed up twice, once uh, on this list later, we'll talk about. Um, and if you watch Bloodsport, that's more of, a, you know, catch as catch can, uh, MMA style type fighting um and him coming to nick gage is just you know a, a wet dream for someone who loves violence someone who loves know, okay. matches i have i have to say how how do you love violent death matches but then when it comes to tv shows you like shit like steven universe i don't know man like i I, I guess it's because, like, I know... Yin and Yang, man. Yin and Yang, man. Like, I get wow. my fill. I get Just my ask fill me, man. in the ring. And something about the fact that it's consensual um, m makes it better for me. Something about the fact that it's not, like, really real makes it better for me. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? And... Well, okay. Guys, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward very much to the Nick Gage episode of Dark Side of the Ring coming up this season. That should be crazy. I the, they have the Brian Pillman episode part one on Vice's YouTube and Did you guys watch it? It gets nuts. I did, and it's already pretty nuts, and I'm really looking forward to part two. So Yeah. If you're not watching Dark Side of the Ring, um Something's wrong with you. Get seek help. Like, find a way to watch it. 
I think we should start uh, reviewing them. Honestly, you should. Yeah. I would. Hey, count me in. <laughs> You're in, dog. For real, for sure. Yeah. yeah Let's move on. Oh, yeah. MDK all fucking day. We're going to talk now about the Universal title, and we're going to talk about SmackDown. We're going to talk about Daniel Bryan. Oh, wait. Can't do that anymore. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to talk about Daniel Bryan versus the head of the table, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. This was my first pick. Um, originally, I had slotted uh, a tag, the tag title match from DDT's April Fool between Eruption and Smile Pisari. Um, so check that match out. But this match took its place. Uh, it happened on April 30th, so it, it was much toward the end of the list. Um, this had a major fight feel. This was a pay-per-view-esque uh, level fight. Uh, it was Brian's SmackDown career on the line against Roman Reigns Universal Championship. Um, immediately, we realized how important this was because Roman finally came out to new epic music, and he was wearing a golden glove on his Superman punch hand. Brian started fast, but Reigns used his strength. It was power versus speed and wrestling ability. Guts versus self-assuredness. Brian focused on the left arm, setting up for the yes lock throughout. A lot of the time, Brian would have an offensive flurry only to be stopped by a big strike or power move from Reigns. Reigns hit an amazing powerbomb off the second rope for a two count. Brian would then hit a back suplex for two. Brian kicked the arm when Roman went for a Superman punch. Roman went through the barricade when he missed the spear. It was followed by a diving headbutt by Brian for two. Uh, there was a nice Superman punch to counter the Bushido knee strike for two. Um, Brian did a seamlessly uh, seamless roll-up from Roman Reigns' spear, which was absolutely beautiful. Um, Roman locked in a guillotine choke, but Brian transitioned into an armbar into the guest lock for the second time. Brian turned Roman fully away from the ropes. He took, he had him in the move, and as Roman almost got to the ropes, the, the, the stature, you got to think about the stature of these men. Brian had the ability and the, and the strength to literally move Roman's entire body away from the uh, rope. Um, That's awesome. Roman powered out and mounted Brian, and the pummels came. He hit an, a powerbomb, more pummels. Another power bomb. Roman tried to guillotine with the right arm, but Brian was resisting. But Roman smartly switched to his left arm and put Brian to sleep for the victory. Um, no matter how good Brian is, and yes, he's still at the top of his game, Roman is pure dominance. After the match, Roman was going to concerto Daniel Bryan, but Cesaro came out and hit two running uppercuts and was making Roman his bitch until Jay attacked from behind and tied Cesaro in the ropes while Roman concertoed Bryan. 
Cesaro is poised to win money in the bank next month because I highly doubt Roman will give Cesaro an opportunity at backlash. So, um, I just want to say to all the people who still hate on Roman, and that's probably like two of you. Um, yeah, like like two holdouts. Are you talking about me, John? No, no, no. Not you and John. I'm no. talking about out there. There's got to be like two Roman holdouts Reigns. out there that are still like fuck Roman. And please, <laughs> please go back into uh, to under the rock from which you are staying in. Uh, because we don't need that kind of negative energy in our lives. Please and thank you. For the rock. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Right, but you know what? Or, or, I, do yeah. Like, I do like not like you're talking uh -oh. actually like old school wrestling fans that mm -hmm. still like treat it like it's real. Like yeah. My aunt, like if I talk like, to her about it, she'd be like, you know, I used to like Roman Reigns, but now he's with Paul Heyman. He's a fucking prick. And like, I'd be like, well, yeah. I remember. Oh, I got to say this. Remember when, so when Roderick Strong joined the Undisputed Era, I was on this one wrestling group. That takeover, I was like, dude, this takeover was so awesome. This dude come out, he's like, what? It was not awesome. It was terrible. Roderick Strong turned heel. I was like, <laughs> dude, what the fuck? Okay. But no, all I wanted to say is like, um, so, Tim, you and I, one time, I think we were watching a match, Kenta versus Brian Danielson in Ring of Honor. And yeah. this reminded me so much of that match, just because it felt like the Daniel Bryan of old. And like, yeah. And I, I think with everything going on with Daniel Bryan, we could see the American Dragon again, potentially very soon. So I'm really excited about that. Roman, by the way, his theme, I think the last piece of the puzzle is complete. His theme song is changed. He's fully away from the shield stuff. We finally got rid of the except fucking for the shield song. Yeah, except for the pants, but that's that's okay. Um, but, uh, and, and, and by the way, it's great. And by the way, WWE Music actually put it on their YouTube channel, like today. That's the, on the day we're, we're recording this. That might this. be the fastest so, they've ever put a video up. Yeah, that and then like, the fun. second fastest was probably like that, and then uh, before that maybe the fiends theme, but that's about it. Right. Um, so yeah, but like I mean, of Roman's presentation is great. I love the Thanos inspired glove that he uses now. It should be it should just be called the Thanos punch now, not no longer the Superman punch. But anyway, yeah, I, no, I think no, I'm no. all for it. I'm all for it. You know, I'm all for it. Don't think that's gonna happen. I know it's not going to happen. I'm just saying it would be cool. You know Mr. Yeah. Marvel's for that. A man can dream. A man can dream, okay? <laughs> I love to crush your dreams! You've mentioned this multiple times. You're all, The last episode I think you were on, you were like, Tim, why do you have to interrupt with your logic? <laughs> yeah. You know, you and your fucking I mean, logistics. Yeah. <laughs> freaking wrestling Wikipedia over here. Jesus Christ. He's the wrestling oracle. Uh, I've been trying to tell you people. Love you both. No, he is. I'm just saying. It's just like, damn it. I can't have nice things because Jim what has else, to what, uh, Do we have anything else to say about this match? 
Uh, John, go ahead. I don't know. Do you? I didn't. I know. I don't have anything to say about it. I haven't seen it, but like, I I could mention a little something about uh, Mr. Bryan's contract expiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very, very interesting. What do you, uh, you two have anything to say about that? Well, I didn't think it was happening this soon. I thought that he was going to work NXT until they renegotiated. And I, I had read that Brian kind of wanted the Omega Moxley type of deal where he could go wherever he wanted. Uh, if, if the, Things that are being said are true. And um, I also read today that WWE is diligently trying to re-sign him. Hmm. So well, they should. the whole speculation on where he'll end up, you know, if WWE is actually trying to pursue him still, then maybe he'll get the contract that he wants. If not, right. he's going to turn it down. And he will basically be like a freelancer showing up wherever he wants. Um, he'll yeah. be doing things like Andrade and Moxley and Omega. Now, Moxley and Omega have a home promotion in AEW. Andrade, we're not we're not actually sure if AAA is his home promotion because right. he's taking independent bookings elsewhere in Mexico and uh, I believe in Texas. And I believe on one of the flyers, they said that he was a member of LFI, which is in Ring of Honor, with Fascione and Gobernables. Oh, right, 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 right. So, you know, who knows what's going on there? So I would say if, w if he ends up in WWE again, he will be – he will have uh, the, the, um, the permission – do what he yeah. wants. And if he doesn't, he's going to do what he wants anyway. But yeah. I wouldn't expect yeah. him right away. He might take some time to yeah. father his children. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I mean, like... I would expect him... I would expect a match between him and Jonathan Gresham and him and oh. Kazuchika. Oh. Yeah, yes. Him and... Please. I need uh, him and uh, <laughs> actually him and uh, the guy on your shirt, Tim Pock. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be oh. I mean, there's a ton, man. Like oh. anybody, anybody, literally anybody. Even fucking Tori I'll, I'll watch that. What is that? Right even fucking Toro Yano. I'll watch that. Oh, that'd be great. Yo, I know what Tim wants to see. Tim wants to see that rematch. Tim wants yep, that rematch. Boy. I don't know if Brian can handle the smoke, bro. <laughs> I don't know if Brian can handle the smoke. Shingo, Shingo's... I'm not going to say anything. Just go ahead. Him through the fucking Tokyo Dome. So I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, but, like, just imagine, like, the guy who unified the ROH and the ROH Pure titles coming... At Jonathan Gresham saying, I made that belt into nothingness. I took it away and you bring it out and I'm going to fucking take you. If that happens, it needs to be either pure rules or a submission match. Oh, it will be pure rules. It has it, to be, be pure, pure rules. rules. 
Yeah, the pure matches are actually like I've really enjoyed whatever the pure matches. They're seen. really cool. Nice. I, would love I like them a lot. That's a very cool concept, and they're really good. So I love that. Yeah, um, that's what ROH does. They they actually have. Oh, everywhere. They Say that again. We lost him. ROH does a really cool thing where their roster just doesn't compete in everything. Um, if you are a in the pure division, those are the matches you wrestle. Yeah. If you're in the television um, tier, like like in that division, that's what you wrestle for. You wrestle for the rankings, you go up to the TV title, and so on and so forth. It's it's really it's a really cool. So way to go. It's by. not like a it's not like this is a low lower mid card title or this is a higher mid card. Right. And this is the yeah. main no. title. Like no, all of them are in a okay. That's pretty cool. That's good. Okay, much respect, man. Much respect. And their titles, by the way. I'm sorry. Their belts are so. Beautiful. Their belts are far away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, this one right here is, is, is a beauty. Is a thing of beauty as well. Come on, man. Yeah. All last month. What? Just, just make a video. I did. It, just, just adoring that thing, and get it all out at once because yeah. you did this what last. I freaking, last right. What I unboxed? Did you not watch my unboxing video? That's what I did. Ted doesn't watch your content. Yeah. <laughs> why, why do you feel the need to come on my show? Oh, here we go. Oh, your show. So, what about John? Our show. <laughs> there you go. Who do you think you are, Kenny Omega, bringing your title to our show? <laughs> actually, yes, I, I do, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know John can't dance like Rich Swan. Yeah, he can. Hey, can. You think, that's what you think. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about the next match. Tim, uh, Sid, it's one of yours. We're talking about oh, wow, nice. NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 2, unsanctioned match between surprise, Kyle Riley and Adam Cole. First of all, surprise, surprise. Uh, but, dude, um, this match was hyped to the moon and back as well, in the words of Dolly Parton, from here to the moon and back. Good song, by the way. Um, but Dolly Parton is a fucking genius and a fucking icon. And also, the the build to this match, the, the, the whole... Uh, whatever <laughs> That's what I was trying to... It's called yeah. that Jeremy Borash put together... It was fucking fantastic. It was great, and yeah. like this match was, like I said, it was really, really hyped and lived up to it and more. I mean, these two were former brothers in the same freaking faction. They came into NXT together, dominated this entire brand, held all the gold, all four members, holding NXT gold for a decent period of time. And then all of it just – and then now after Kyle O'Reilly kind of started getting a little bit more shine thanks to his matches with Balor, Cole, you know, getting a little jealous and like, yo, I mean, I thought we were pals and now here you are chumming on up with this outsider over here. What the hell? And so he got pissed. And he going as far to try and recruit him into the Undisputed Era? Yeah, what's wrong with you, right? 
So, and, and I love the clashing. I love their their uh, contract signing. I'm honestly not a big fan of contract signing segments, just because I know how they're all going to end. Someone's going to get put through put through a table. But this one right here felt real, and like you could see the clashing of ideals. You know, these two men have changed. So, well, Kyle O'Reilly has changed a lot and has pretty much outgrown Adam Cole, and Cole didn't like that. So Cole is like, bro, I brought you in here. I can take you out. And that's what he tried to do. But at the end of the day, Kyle O'Reilly took out Adam Cole. And oof, I don't know if I can watch another match like this again because I may cease to exist because it was that freaking good. Go ahead. Here's the thing about NX, Sid, what makes NXT in the main roster. Oh, okay. Sid, I was hold on. already five words in. Yeah, and you weren't listening. To what? Sid, that was very good analysis. Thank you. That might have been some of the best you've ever done here. Honestly, I'm serious. Appreciate it. Right, Appreciate Sid, it. Thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I was talking to a fellow wrestling fan about the difference between NXT and WWE. And we all know what we're going to I'm going to say Triple H versus Vince McMahon. Yeah. Triple H brings people in. May add a little on them, but if it worked somewhere else, if it ain't broke, he doesn't fix it. He just right. might add some more polish. Yeah, he'll change the name, he'll change the Yeah. I've had much history together. They were tag partners in ROH. They had blood feuds in ROH. And look what he did. Like I said, he, he added polish. And and that's what I love about NXT. Because I can I could say, oh wow, this person's going to NXT. I bet somewhere down the line I'm going to see this and I'm gonna love it. Just like an example L.A. Knight. Yeah. Other than the name change, everything is the same. Yeah. But yeah. Back to this exactly. match, my favorite thing about this match was the use of the chain. Oh my god, it was fucking awesome. Like this wasn't there a point, Sid, where Kyle like wrapped it around his knee and dropped his knee on Adam's face or something? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That yeah, was that was freaking fucking sick. Yeah, and that, I think the chain. I mean, and maybe I'm sorry. That chain. Maybe that I'm chain uh, clothesline. Right. No. Yeah, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but the chain felt like a symbol. It's almost like one thing is like they, 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 Yeah, they're both linked together. It's like I believe we're destined to do this forever, but at the same time, Cole is trying to Kyle chain down chain. Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, he breaks. Yeah, Kyle breaks the chains mm. open. Sorry, I, I had to do that. <laughs> Good shit, Good shit Sid. Yeah. That's fucking perfect. Because they probably they probably went over that before WWE they did the fucking contact sure, Sid yeah. Saram to write the WWE twenty four episode on Kyle Rowe and Adam Cole. <laughs> <laughs> um or uh just get me up to like a thousand subscribers on my channel. That would be good too. If y'all can or WWE just give me a contract. No. <laughs> yeah. Or just, or just pay me. 
Just send me a check. Fuck you, Sammy. Or, or just fire Vol with injury. <laughs> yeah, that too. I would love that. That don't worry. When we negotiate contracts, that will be. When we negotiate contracts, that will be in my. That's one of your. In, in, uh, in, like one, one of thing where they're like, "All right, kid, you have too much public hate on you. We're gonna keep you in this closet for like a year and a half until uh, we could bring you back out, and we think everyone forgets, and then you'll probably do something fucking stupid again. So we'll fire you then." Yeah, we'll find here's, you on. Here's to making money and living in Florida. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll probably see you in a certain website, which you're not supposed to be on. But oh, no. We'll probably see you on there. Oh, no. No, no, no. Websites that you can go to jail for? Exactly. Moving on. No, okay. <laughs> what a great match. What an awesome match this was. My Tim. God. Tim, tell me about uh, tell me about Stardom. Stardom started this month with a fantastic event called Stardom Yokohama Dream Cinderella, and it was basically to kick off the Cinderella Tour for the Cinderella Tournament. The Cinderella Tournament usually happens on one day, but this year it happened on two. Unfortunately, due to the events with COVID that are happening in Japan right now, it was the, the second round was supposed to end uh, on April 30th. It is now ending on May 14th. But this fantastic. Um, the the main events were really good, but this was the the last match. And it had Donna Del Mondo going head-to-head, -head, yeah. minus Natsukoi, who wrestled Tam Nakano. Um, you had Hameka and Micah, the goddesses of, Pat, of, of stardom champions, going against Julia and Siri. And Siri is the SWA undisputed uh, women's champion. Um, uh, this match followed three great matches and a big emotional departure, which was unexpected by B. Priestley, and it still held up as a main event. Even though they're faction members, neither team held back, especially Julia and Siri. Julia and Siri have tagged more than the champs. Hameka usually tagged with Natsu Poi before claiming the titles with Micah. At one point, Julia snapmared Micah off the top onto the apron, and then Julia and Siri made a double kick sandwich of Micah and followed by dives and then started using chairs on Micah and Hameka. Both teams used a lot of tag offense. Julia, after getting her hair shaved, is just absolutely ruthless. Every move, strike, dive was crisp and fluid by all four women. Micah was like a suplex and throwing machine. Hameko had the high-impact power moves and moves that took both challengers down, like a corner splash to both Siri and Julia and a double clothesline, uh, once again showcasing her strength by putting the challengers in a torture rack at the same time. Siri and Julia hit her with double elbows in the corner and a backdrop from the second rope but couldn't keep Hameka down. Hameka hit a torture rack slam type move for two on Julia. There was a lot of stereo offense. 
by Julia and Sayori as well, hitting the same moves on opposition such as strikes or a double DDT. This match showed just how good Donna Del Mondo really are, and not just Julia. Micah had a lot of time in the ring with Julia and Siri, first with great exchanges with Julia and then coming down to the member who needed out of the match because they took her to school. Julia even hit a Northern Lights bomb. After multiple saves and near falls from great offense on both sides, Siri and Julia defeated their stablemates to gain the tag title. Afterwards, Siri made it known she wanted Utami's World of Stardom title. Utami has since told her she'd give her the opportunity at it if Siri can win the Cinderella tournament. Siri and Julia are now called ALK, Alto Livello Kabbalawan. Uh, which is translates to high-level craziness. And ever since Julia has gotten her head shaved uh, at at uh, the anniversary show, she is crazy. She she is letting all the chain and and series series been ruthless, man. He she she was a UFC fighter, so like teaming them two up, I really don't know in the tag team division who is going to be any kind of threat to them um and julia is is money she won she won the um woman's award from tokyo sports and and if you want to if you wonder what stardom thinks of julia she has been when she had the secondary title, she was being on the main event over the main title. In this show, she was over both titles and B Priestley's departure in a in the tag team title match as the main event. So, however you look at it, no matter what, she's kind of like, and, and, and you said you mentioned this earlier, Sid, and I, I kind of disagree with you. Like Charlotte. Charlotte may not hold the title all of the time. And she may lose to people. But she's always the top star. And that is kind of the feel that I'm getting with Julia. Um, but yeah, this show was great. Check it out. This match was great. Check it out. Nice. Yeah, That was great. Very well I think uh, I think one thing I will say is with all these Japanese promotions, whether it be Stardom, New Japan, Noah, anything, doesn't matter what faction you're in, they still treat you like an individual. Like you may be my my brother or sister in this case, but I want that title. And I don't care what I have to do to get it. It doesn't matter. Heel, face, true. it doesn't matter. And I think that's something that I can appreciate from, you know, Puro, uh, Puro Resto, uh, where it's yeah. more about Industry. individuality than the group. I mean, yeah, the group is important. More, more about look, competition in general. Yeah. Instead of, and, instead of yeah. yeah, and like in each wrestler, each performer wants to be on top. Group, no group, it doesn't matter. They want to be on top and eye on the prize, as they say. So, yeah, that's one thing. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Good shit, guys. 
Wow, oh, we're on a roll today. That's good. You really I like it. it. <laughs> yeah. Number five. Oh, Tim, you get to talk again. Number five. Josh Barnett's Blood Sport 6. Josh Barnett versus John Moxley. Um, right off the jump, I want to say the commentary for the Roman Reigns and Brian match was fantastic, and the commentary was absolutely fantastic. If you didn't know who Josh Barnett was, or if you didn't know who John Moxley was, they explained it really well. They explained the moves, why the moves were happening, etc. Just fantastic commentary overall. Um, Moxley has had upped his ground game and wrestles well in this match, especially transitioning with his transitions and getting out of submissions, unlike his previous match against Davy Boy Smith Jr. Barnett had a very strong ground game, but Moxley hit a DDT and started with the knees, and this busted Barnett wide open. Moxley dived onto Barnett on the floor. Barnett's submission wrestling knowledge is unreal with the way he got out and applied submission moves. Uh, big forearms from Barnett opened up Moxley. Moxley ended up biting the open wound on Barnett, a no-no in Bloodsport. He also did some small joint manipulation, which is against the rules as well, and Barnett quickly reasserted dominance because he was pissed off about him breaking the rules. Yeah. Barnett hit ultimately hit a Death Valley driver, then held Moxley's arm as he kicked Moxley's head in for a ref stoppage. Uh, this match was brutal. It was smart. It wasn't. It didn't wear out its welcome, and it felt special. Um, after the match, Moxley, uh, you know, went after the referee and was holding him like, you know, you couldn't, you could, you can't stop this. And it, and it, they even like Barnett waited for Moxley to get on his feet, and it seemed like we were going to have a second round. And eventually, Moxley shook Barnett's hand, uh, and both of them talked to the crowd and said how much they love the fans and the business and uh, the opportunity to do this. And um, Moxley made a, made a thing about like coming up with a catchphrase and he was like i've been trying to do it for three fucking uh, for for 20 fucking years and it still hasn't existed or, or coming yeah. to an existence it was hilarious but um this was the day before he showed up to <clears throat> uh spring break but um this was just like if you are an mma fan uh or you like old school wrestling uh, or just like grapple sports and stuff like that. I would watch this match. Um, if you're not familiar with this kind of stuff, I would watch this match. Moxley has, uh, like, from his match with Baby Boy Smith to this, he, he improved so much. And they even mentioned, like, how he's been training with some guy, Giordotto or something like that. Yeah. Uh, at Randy Couture's extreme, uh, you know, gym or whatever. Um, yeah, he's been doing the Randy Couture training for a while, actually. I believe Daniel Bryan did as well. Yeah. But, wow. um, fucking. I know that. This this stuff was just 
awesome. And Barnett looked like a fucking beast, man. Barnett like, looks like a million dollars every time he's on. He's on. Well. TV. <laughs> the fucking run on your screen. Yeah. And the fucking cloak and the pants and like uh, they call him War Master and they explained they explained why. They explained that he was the youngest UFC heavyweight champion. Yep. They explained that he was a he's a bare knuckle fighter, that he fights in all different kinds of forms of fighting, whether it's kickboxing just grappling, uh, catches catch can matches, bare knuckle boxing, uh, mm-hmm. just straight up fights. Like the guy, the guy is just nasty. And they also explained a lot about his character. That outside of the ring, he is smart, and he talks about Voltaire and philosophical things, and can talk about this and that, which I know to be true because behind the scenes, Moxley and Barnett are good friends. Bar- Barnett has been on uh, Renee's um, podcast, and Moxley made himself part of it, and it was a, it was a great episode. Um, uh, but yeah, this was this was fucking good. Yeah, speaking of podcasts, another really good one was uh, the Broken Skull Sessions with Chris Jericho. That was actually a pretty good one. That was. <laughs> That was fantastic. I loved. Yeah, I like. I loved that, and I loved the one that Jericho did on Talk to Jericho, where they did sort of the same thing, except it was about Stone Cold's career. Like, That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I still need to listen to that one. Like yeah. after after the the episode was over, um, Jericho talked about it on Twitter. He was like, "We just they just kept talking." And hit record, so it could be a uh, talk to Jericho episode. <laughs> Interesting, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the last time we're going to talk about the collective on this show. So I just want to say that the collective in its entirety is awesome as an idea, and um, I'm very proud that Armbar Audio was able to be part of it th- this year. Oh yeah. Yeah, if you watch the collective, uh, we had some commercials, and our logo or our old logo was on the mat, yeah, uh, on the left side near the bottom. Um, uh, it was very humbling and awesome for both me and John to see pictures of people like Leo Rush and like standing uh, on our logo and Moxley and Barnett and all these people walking. On on and, and wrestling on our logo, stepping um, on us. Okay, <laughs> yeah, on um, but but it was great. GCW is a great promotion. Uh, right now, I would say it's the number one indie in the U.S. And pretty soon, John and I are going to be bringing you the episode of why you should be watching GCW. And our guest is pretty fucking big and he may be your daddy sorry i don't i don't know but of course you don't we'll so let's you, talk about nxt here well 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 uh said we'll tell you in private later okay <clears throat> we're yeah. actually going to talk about impact no 
So still don't have a lot to say. Uh, we're oh, going. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about. Well, I'm going to tell you about uh, Rich Swan defending the TNA title, uh, TNA slash Impact title against Kenny by God Omega. The now, God of Gods of wrestling, gods and gods. The best bout machine, the queener, Ow. god of wrestling, Kenny by God Omega. He goes by many names, but there is one universal truth, or something that I think is universal truth. I'm not going to say that this is the truth, but in my opinion, and Tim agrees, because I got the opinion, we shared this opinion. This I'm sure Sid does too. Sid probably does. You're going to have to watch this. This is Kenny Omega's best match since leaving Japan. 100%. Um, there, and there's a couple reasons why. There's a couple reasons why. Number one, the man wrestled like he was in the Tokyo Dome. Number two, Rich Swan, since leaving WWE, has cemented himself as one of the top contenders in professional wrestling. Number three, Kenny was hitting moves that he has not hit since leaving Japan. And number four, just... He had, he had used them leaving Japan. He didn't hit them like he did in this match. Yeah. And the last point that I'll make, um, Kenny Omega and Rich Swan had impeccably natural chemistry. It was crazy to watch two men that, to the best of my knowledge, have never been in the ring together have the chemistry that they did. Tim, talk. You're right, John. They haven't been in the same ring together. Yeah. Uh, at one point, when Rick Swan was in Dragon Gate uh, with Ricochet um, and uh, Apollo Cruz, I believe was there. Uh, there was like a joint show between Dragon Gate and DDT, and at the time, Kenny Omega and Ibushi were there. And uh, Rich Swan said on Jericho's podcast that he was watching Omega and Ibushi and saying. I need to step up my game. Uh, and he, he talked to Omega afterwards, and he said, hopefully one day down the road we'll wrestle. And and here we are. Here we are in this once-in-a-lifetime thing where two promotions are putting their titles on the line. This was a historic main event. Uh, you know, I don't want to be like Don Callis and oversell it, but it was it, it was history being made. And um, whether you like Impact or you don't, or you used to like Impact and you don't now, or and then this and that, blah, 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 the title itself has lineage with people like Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Kurt Angle, etc., holding that title. Because Moose lost 
the original TNA championship, and yeah, they merged. They were, yeah, oh. they, they, they were um, unified. Yes. Um, well, that yeah. point where Rich Swan, people weren't sure if it was a botch or if he hurt himself, where he was doing like uh, he went to do something from the outside to the ropes, and he was like doing a headstand. And people were wondering what happened there. And there was another time, like, I saw a lot of talk, especially from, like, people like Brian Alvarez and some other people that were saying, like, near the end of the match, like, the last, like, ten minutes or five minutes, that Swan was blown up and that Kenny had to carry the rest of the match. And I disagree. When I watched that, I didn't get that feeling. I got the feeling that Swan was selling and selling very well because, like John and I said about the moves, the moves here that Kenny used were like the New Japan style. His his V-triggers were those V-triggers. His dragon suplex was, was that. that dragon dragon suplex. Suplex. I mean, he I remember I that night and I messaged John and I said, yo, this is the best fucking Omega match since he left Japan. He he's doing the shit like he and used to. If you remember John, what like, I said, I said I'll, I'll believe it when it. I see it. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. But I trust you. Yeah. And you watched it today, and you and said I the group chat. The group Holy chat, shit! Holy shit! He's back <laughs> to what he was, and. That's what we've all been missing, and I hope it continues. Uh, but fuck, man, they they did have great chemistry, and uh, really you know, there's other people out like there. Uh, another thing that I don't like that I'm hearing a lot is the only p impact isn't benefiting from this relationship. Bullshit. You fucking dumb idiot! Uh, the two pay per views that he's been on have been their highest since they've been they were on Spike. The, the 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 TV ratings have fluctuated, but I was on Twitter during Rebellion. There were AEW fans or just plain wrestling fans tuning in, and they were saying how surprised they were of this guy named Josh Alexander, this guy named Ace Austin, Deanna Perrazzo, etc., etc., they didn't know the card aside from this match, but they were talking about the entire yeah. card. So if you're you can this, sit there yeah. and say that that this isn't helping Impact, but I'm seeing. If you're saying this isn't I mean, helping probably... Impact, it's because you have this weird fucking vendetta against AEW. I mean, they, they all. Or, let's face it. Or they, let's face or it. They all this support. weird vendetta against Kenny Omega. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jim Cornette. Sorry. Um, anyway. Yeah, Jim Cornette. Uh, fuck Jim Cornette. Yeah, fuck that guy. Anyway. I mean, uh, let's just face it. Those guys also uh, live under the same rock as those Roman Reigns haters do. So, yeah. you know, there's that. You know? But, I, will, that's, I mean, yeah, as you as you can see, I talk so much about this match. Um, I will say this. This is more and more... The, 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 this forbidden door is pretty much... It non-existent at this point, you know. Although, I mean, the yeah, real forbidden door. We're getting El Fantasma yeah. on Impact next week. We're getting Eugene Nagata on Dynamite. 
like yeah he's gonna actually face off uh, for, for this belt you know <laughs> the forbidden the, now that i can let slide no, that's the forbidden yeah, door is a pile of splinters <laughs> yeah, that, the, the forbidden door is a pile of splinters at the that's feet of at, at the feet of tony khan Don Callis, Scott DeBoer. It's not a problem with splitters, Don. The forbidden door is off the hinges, and whenever Moxley and, and Nick Gage wrestle, they're going to yeah. take the forbidden put door. Through for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like DJ, in the words of DJ Khaled, they tore off the hinges and they placed it in the fuckboy's hands. <laughs> uh, DJ Khaled, man. But How could he call people fuckboys when he is one? But I mean, that, that's another story, but. Yeah, anyway. I don't go down on my girl. But my... Okay. Sorry. I don't know, does he ever make a fucking beat? Or is he just friends with people? Like, does I he actually... He's, does he know he's how made to... Like, he's made I don't, like I don't understand him. <laughs> does he just throw on his friend's songs and go, We the best! And they're like, That sounded great, Callan! Yes, we're gonna give you a million dollars! I mean, he's basically a fucking Pokemon because he shows up, says his name, and fuck off. Pretty much. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <that's> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wild Pokemon appeared. Oh shit! Start oh, the spawn. Can oh, you yeah. imagine if? Freedom Mask. Boom. Can you imagine if on the next freaking WrestleMania, the special guest wrestler is DJ Khaled? Uh, oh, I would. <laughs> I exactly. That match like I did with Braun and Shane. Yeah. And fucking. I will say this, though. Whatever. Yeah. What, the Bad Bunny match? No, no, no. I was talking about Braun I like Shane. That. that was actually good. I actually like that. That was Bad really Bunny. fucking good. Respect to Bad Bunny. Holy shit, man. That guy's awesome. But yeah. Right. I mean, anyway, what I was trying to say is. Okay. But yeah, great match. Forbidden Door is gone. Yay. And DJ Khaled. Okay, let's move on. And Bad Bunny. And Bad Bunny, yes. I'm going to tell you about WrestleMania Night 2. I'm going to tell you about... What a great segment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about history. History was made with the first two, uh, not just women of color, but people. First two people of color. It's a main event. WrestleMania together. The boss, Sasha Banks, and the EST, Bianca Belair, for the SmackDown Women's title. Um, there are those who do not sing the praises of this match as I will. To them, I say you are entitled to your opinion, but in this scenario, it is objectively incorrect. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks proved that not only do women deserve to main event, but that women John, are the main put event. Put your hands down. My, my my hands are in my way for you, but not for exploit. <laughs> oh, The moves in this match were hit with crisp precision. The the taunts in this match were awesome. The commentary was amazing. Michael Cole um, 
saying the words, for the first time in history, two black women are main eventing WrestleMania brought a little bit of a tear to my eye. Because Michael Cole, when they need him to be on, he's fucking on. Yeah. That's one thing that I always say about Michael Cole. Um, the hair whip heard... It ain't even just that, John. He's on, he's on all the time. He does yeah. what they want him to. Yeah. So if they want him to be serious, then you're going to see that. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Michael Cole is undoubtedly probably the best commentator. Yeah. Because he wow. does his job 100%. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. Yes. Yes. He does. Uh, the hair whip heard around the world. <laughs> That was good. that left that 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 left a wealth on the side of Sasha Banks was okay. amazing. And uh, sit, go ahead. No, I'm just saying. Just on a side note, that I think that is the first time we have her. She's used it since leaving NXT. I think it might actually be. I really think it, it might. Is. I don't um, watch the weekly product, but yeah, everything that I've seen of her on the main roster. I didn't but, see it, but I I I, I don't yeah. have a lot to say about the match itself. Um, I'm going to talk about the moment. Um, before the bell rang, right after the introductions, Bianca Belair started visibly crying, like not just tearing up, like sobbing, dude. Like, yeah, and it cuts to Sasha Banks, and Sasha Banks is looking the same way, and then they shake it off. And they put on a half hour of fucking clinical wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> um, it caps off with Bianca Belair defeating Sasha Banks and becoming the new SmackDown Women's Champion. And hoisting that title above her head with just a look of pure joy and, <clears throat> and happy tears. And we see in highlights of the of the after show, uh, Montez Ford running to the ring and having Bianca on his shoulders, um, and seeing the whole locker room really pour out of that of the back and celebrate with her. I mean, how, it was definitely. How can you say that this wasn't history? How can you say that this was bad? I mean. Mm -hmm. WrestleMania is about moments, and this was nothing if not a fucking moment. Yeah. And also, not to mention, like, I mean, there was, like, it was more like fan, like, uh, candid camera footage. Yeah. But, like, Sasha Banks, like, on the outside was visibly smiling yeah. watching uh, Bianca Belair. Like, she, I mean, she broke kayfabe, whatever. I mean, uh, I'm sure Jim Cornette just, you know, I'm sure Jim Cornette just, his head just blew up and came back together because he couldn't believe it <laughs> anyway um anyways uh but sorry i don't mean to ruin the moment talking about yeah. uh peons like him anyway uh but yeah so i think that this was just like yeah i mean the, like you said the match was an absolute clinic but i honestly think it was that much more impactful because there were fans at wrestlemania oh yeah um the fact that they even allowed fans to be there i know we're in this pandemic and COVID is still at large and whatnot, but I don't know if it would have had the same uh, impact as it, if it were just uh, if it were just yeah the same gravitas as it would have had if it was just you know in the Thunderdome. 
But, I'm very happy that it happened yeah. in front of a of some sort of live crowd. Yeah. Speaking of which, apparently Double or Nothing is going to be a um, yeah full, full, full crowd, crowd, full capacity, full capacity, five thousand five hundred. Cool. cool. Man. That's going to be good. It's like they're just you know sticking people with the vaccine as they go. <laughs> I think that they're doing it because um, Florida is at like 65% and things are, um, according to our governor, things are going to start being allowed to um, open back up yeah. when we get to 70%. So, I mean, Texas just went ahead and said, hey, we got the vaccine, so y'all don't have to wear masks anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I can say a lot about Texas, but you're here, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think AEW's built up enough good faith to do this and um, has done the right thing this whole time. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that it would be happening without express permission for it to happen. Yeah. All right. But anyway, let's talk about this match, Tim. A couple more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's okay. You all said so many things that I agree with, and uh, yeah, I'm just very happy. Uh, you know, at the start of the year of 2020, when we saw Bianca go up to SmackDown, we all said WrestleMania it has to be Sasha Banks versus Bel Air. And then and she won the Royal Rumble. And then she got the match. And then they said it wasn't going to be the main event. And all the fans were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then they said, okay, it's the main event. And they main a fucking vented. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm also very happy for Sasha Banks because yeah. she's been in a lot of historical... She may not be like the most decorated uh, four horse women woman, uh, but she has been um, in probably the most historical moments and matches to the women's division in the entire WWE history, and this yeah. added to it. Um, I mean, she's a Mandalorian, so that's what she deserves. That is true. Uh, the match, I'm going to be honest, it was much earlier this month. All I remember was being super happy. Yeah. So take that's that for how that's you That's all that counts, man. That's all yeah. that counts. Yeah. We've got to get through these last two because we're starting to lose Tim. Uh <laughs> right. Tim's just like, just well, like. I honestly didn't have a lot to say. Yeah, I, I didn't remember a lot. I had to watch my matches. Oh no, since reason. Before it was Tim, and now it's uh -oh. Sid. Oh no, there he goes. You're back. Oh uh, I'm going to tell you about Sakura Genesis, New Japan Pro Wrestling. We had Cody another historic. On... He said another historic moment. Was this a was? Yeah, I guess it was. Um, the IWGP World Heavyweight title, the new IWGP World Heavyweight title, defended by Kota Ibushi against the leader 
of the United Empire, Will Ospreay. And going into the match, Kota Ibushi would not wear the new title because he hadn't defended it yet. Uh, and there was a lot of, oh, it looks good. Oh, it doesn't look good. I don't know how to feel about it yet. But <clears throat> all of us agreed that the belt looked like it was made for both of these men to wear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it looked really small until I saw it on Ibushi's shoulder. Yeah, yeah, the Isn't pictures online didn't do it justice. No, not at all. Um, it's a nice belt. And after learning... Yeah, okay. What? That the V version 4 of the IWGP World Heavyweight title, that will always be my favorite belt from New Japan. It might be the best belt what that was, was ever made. Was yeah. It was what? just heavyweight. Yeah. They, they, okay, heavyweight. The heavyweights. I'm sorry. The heavyweight title. And the Intercontinental title. Both are two of my favorite belts like of yeah. all time. And I'm just... I got really sad when they got rid of it. I'm, like, I, I, did. I did too. I, I didn't want it to happen. I didn't so, want it to happen at all. Um, can but, we now admit... I have to admit that this is my favorite New Japan title right now. And the, and the mean, New Japan Strong Belt. It's a nice one. It's a nice title. I think it's a lot like it's just it's just but a like, different one. That's why I got the United States champion. Yeah. Um sorry. How about the match? Yeah, the match was really good. The match I mean <laughs> it, it's real lost Brand Kota Ibushi. It, it, fucking hell. It's gonna I be mean, yeah. like they're gonna try to behead each other. They're gonna try to break each other's necks. They're gonna try to break each other's arms and legs. Uh <laughs> Like Will Ospreay just Will Ospreay with like fifty moves in the air. Fifty moves in the air. We got like the fastest appearance of Murder Ibushi that we've ever had. We had like <laughs> um shit, man. I mean What can I say? You look at that right. card, you look at that graphic, and you don't get a little bit excited. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, these are two prime premier athletes. World-class athletes. Yeah. So, I mean, like, these two, just they couldn't have a bad match if they tried, I think. Um, but, but, yeah, like, I think, yeah. Ultimately, the Golden Star, Kota Ibushi, did, in fact, fall victim to the Stormbreaker. And we have a new heavyweight champion in Mr. Will Ospreay. Yep. No, I'm okay with it just because, like, I've seen, like, Will Ospreay, uh, like, ever since he, you know, formed the United Empire, like, the last couple of matches that we saw him in, and even the, the whole United Empire, like, they, they were been losing, and I'm like, why? What's going on? And then now... Yeah, Tim, I mean, this, you this have to have something thing. to say about that. I think he's pulling up his notes, so he's just yeah. wanting us to talk. But, yeah, um... I just want to say, like, I mean, I think this victory for the United Empire, it's just a big statement as they to needed how... It. They really needed it. They, they needed it. And so, like, it's just a statement as to what, what they would, you know, the, the bright future 
what you know what's in store for the future of this faction. But yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Sorry. Um, there's in this match, um, everything was very done very well. Uh, the f facial expressions between the two, um, the taunts, the the moves, um, it was all done really well. It told a great story because these two kind of were in the way, in the opposite way of Shingo and Osprey. The Ibushi and, and Osprey were made for each other. There was a point where Ibushi did a poison run off the top and Osprey landed on his feet and dared him to come get him. We we are seeing Will Osprey turn in to the main event star. And and it, it's very good. Um I don't know how I feel about the result because going in right okay Abushi has been on this long journey with New Japan yeah. where we love Abushi but does Abushi love us and then finally he signs a long term deal and he doesn't go to AEW like people expected so now yes he does love us so we're going to love Abushi and Abushi finally gets the title at Wrestle Kingdom, and everyone's rejoicing. And then he does something. He says something and manifests it and does it to the point where the crowd and the people watching at home were totally split. And then if you take Will Ospreay and his... accusations outside of the ring and then how he used those things as a as to further his heel character on screen there were it was like it was almost like a lot of people were watching this match with no dog in the race but both dogs were the top fucking dogs yeah and now we're at a point where Osprey has the title. He just defended it in a, probably the match of the year. And Abushi yeah. is kind of swimming around, doing not much. And we have Omega over there getting all these belts. And we have Osprey calling out Punk and Punk saying. Ask me this if he still has the title after the summer, which is obviously after, you know. Um, Dominion? Yeah. yeah. And um, so there's a. It's just a weird, weird situation. The heavyweight championship situation is very weird. I can't. I have many theories. I don't, I don't know. Uh, like you guys have said earlier, you know, uh, wrestling oracle or this or that, you call me. This situation is something I can't foresee. 
um, which is cool. It makes me feel, it makes me feel like an old wrestler, like I was when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certain, for sure. at the same time, I feel really bad about the booking of Ibushi because he's kind of in no man's land right now after being on top for so sh such a short period of time. But on the other hand, I feel great for Osprey because he's <clears throat> he's ascending before our eyes. Yeah. Um, but no doubt about it, this match was fantastic. And yes, the United King, the United Empire, or yes, United Empire needed needed this win. They needed their leader. They needed their leader to lead them, and he did. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was. Yeah. That works. <laughs> Good stuff, man. But the undoubted, unanimous between oh, the three, more. best match. I don't care. I'm going to say it. Best match of the month of April came to us. Boom! At great NXT. Land that Sid walks along. NXT yep. stand and deliver night one. Yep. The NXT UK Championship. Walter against the psycho killer Tommaso Ciampa. No. So, you know. You know, just seeing the names, you're going to get a fucking A-plus match. Yeah. So, we talked about Murder Ibushi in the last match. We saw the return, and this is something that people have wanted. We saw the return of Psycho Killer Tommaso Ciampa in this. You know, a lot of people said, oh, man, he's gone soft since he returned. There was a kind of an inkling of the Psycho Killer character coming back when he returned and absolutely murdered Jake Atlas. Yeah. But, like, he kind of went back to his, like, face character. But after teaming up with Thatcher, I think Thatcher has kind of brought that out of him again. So it was just really cool to see. Walter um, even said it. He said, Walter you have said a family it. now. This is not number one to you anymore. Yeah. You're softer. And that's why. And, and that too. That was a, that was just fuel the fire. Yeah. What about the necklace, Sid? Yeah, I forgot about the necklace. <laughs> you can tell. You can talk about it if you want. Didn't um, Walter rip it off of him? Yeah, Walter. Oh yeah, and then uh, yeah. and then like with Matt. Yeah, Champa like took it off as a symbol as of yeah. like. I'm not thinking about my family. I'm not thinking about that. All I'm thinking about is is beating you, you and getting K title. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Walter, the one thing that I remember is Walter chopping the table, announced the table in half. Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, that was just awesome to see. Like, that just shows the power of Walter and why he is the NXT UK champion and why he has pretty much just been ruling the UK division. Uh, I don't know if Walter's capable of a bad match. I gotta no, tell you, I, man. I, I gotta tell you. I the more I see, the more I like. Exactly. Yeah. The giant, 
The giant Austrian murder baby is a real thing, and you should murder be baby. Like yeah. those memes, giant Austrian murder baby isn't real. It can't hurt you. Yes, it giant is Austrian real. Giant murder baby. And it can, <laughs> and it can chop you. And it can chop your soul. My God. Yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> this match was so fucking good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> really um, NXT stand deliver as a whole. Top notch. For yeah. sure. Both nights. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I uh, just... I'll tell you what, though. If nobody else has anything to say about that match, that might I mean, do it for us here. I mean, go watch it. How about that? Go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the symbolism with the necklace... Top notch. That was great. The physicality, top notch. The big fight feel, top notch. The commentary, top notch. Top notch stuff from two that, that's top notch guys. Top notch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because we can't say top guys because uh, FTR will file for trademark. And, yeah, that's true. They will. Know. Yeah. Sue us. They hate it when people take their shit. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. That, you got that wrong. You got that backwards. What did I say? They started using Fear fear the Revolution or something, and Caleb yeah. Conley Revelation. Has, has a tag team somewhere, and they... Uh, no, that was the Revolt. That was the Revolt. Yeah, yeah. the Revolt. So you guys are backwards with that. I'm always FTL. backwards. Leave me alone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're thieves! But yeah, uh, we're winding down here. We're going to end this one. It was fun. I like doing the list this way, guys. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, that was really like cool. I said, man, tell us what you liked this from April. Tell us what you want. Um, any suggestions for anything? Drop comments below. Comments. comments below. Like the video. Share it with your wrestling buddies. Uh, subscribe if you haven't yet. Click that bell. We're here every goddamn Saturday talking about wrestling. And if you're a wrestling fan, you should be part of this community. Wherever you are in the world, whether it's morning, noon, or night, you have a great one. Peace, love to all of you. Bye-bye.